0: The Fantasy Football Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted, same-game parlays, to live, in-game odds, Win Bet has what you need to win. Sign up today and bet $100 and get a $100 free bet at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Bet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Wynnbet. State restrictions apply. We're also brought to you by our mini helmet contest. The SGP mini helmets are now in the store and we're giving one away for free. Just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash helmet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash H E L M E T. We're also brought to you by our college football playoff props contest. We're giving away a $200 gift card to the winner. This is exclusively offered on the SGP. And welcome in to the Fantasy Football Podcast presented by the Mothership, the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. I am your host, Justin Bruni. Joining me today is absolutely no one. The double champ does whatever he wants, except for I'm not the double champ. I'm just over here riding solo. It's New Year's Eve, so we got the rest of the crew off, but we should be back tomorrow with some more live takes prior to kickoff. Hope you guys are all doing well. If you're still watching and following along, that means it's championship week for you. That means that you're ready to fire up some more starter sits for this week. I know it's going to be tough. We've got some you know, difficult matchups to navigate through. We've got backup quarterbacks you know, rising to take up the helm here on the final week of our fantasy matchup. So let's dig right in. I'm very excited to get going with you guys. Of course, if you have any questions, be sure to bump them in the chat. We will not miss them. Uh, first up here, we're looking at starter sit questions at the quarterback position. First up. Brock Purdy versus Dan Jones. Brock Purdy, he gets the Raiders. Dan Jones gets the Colts. Dan Jones is coming off a pretty good performance up against Minnesota last week, but it's Minnesota. You know, <laughs> Dan Jones passed for over 300 passing yards last week. I believe that was the first time he did it all season. Brock Purdy, on the other hand, he's had at least two passing touchdowns so far in every appearance at quarterback this season. Uh, that's going back to week 13 up against Miami. So in the last four weeks, he has had eight passing touchdowns and just two interceptions. He is the player that I am leaning with here. I like Purdy over Jones. Jones somehow is like fantasy pros quarterback 10 this week. I I feel like that's a bit of an overreaction to last week's production. I'm going to roll with Purdy here, who somehow is like fantasy pros like QB 15, 16. He's got a, a great matchup up against the Raiders. The Raiders are allowing, you know, top five numbers and passing yards and passing touchdowns. They have the fifth fewest interceptions against quarterbacks as a defense. So uh, a lot of good opportunities there for Brock Purdy. He's been targeting Kittle more. Obviously, you don't have Debo there. Iuke has kind of been, you know, a little bit of a lower tier asset right now. Uh, But you still got CMC there. He's playing catch with CMC. So keep it simple. I know Dan Jones does have Saquon Barkley, uh, but I just expect a you know, a slower pace of play and that Giants and Colts game. So for that, I'm going to have to pass on um, on Dan Jones this week. Again, nice performance last week, but it was the Minnesota Vikings. We got uh, Dave in the chat saying Minshew Mania is back, baby. Yes, sir. Uh, how many times has Purdy thrown for over 300 passing yards? He has not thrown for over 300 passing yards once. Uh, but Dan Jones doing it last week. For the, oh, I guess he did do it another time in the season. He passed for 341 up against Detroit and 334 up against Minnesota last week. Uh, but Dan Jones also doesn't have multiple passing touchdowns in a game since week 10. Um, obviously, they're a little bit more focused on the run in New York. Uh, Purdy, you know, getting that reliable usage uh, with the 49ers. And again, it's it's really easy when you're playing catch with CMC, one of the best to do it in the game. I see you, Dave. I see you, Giants fan peeping in the chat. No big deal. No big deal. I get it. There's a little bit of upside for Dan Jones still. You know, has those legs. He can uh, shake and bake, extend some plays. Uh, But I think the higher upside there is clearly clearly CMC. All right, next up here. This is a tough one. Kind of a matchup that I was dealing with for most of the season, actually, in a super flex league. Aaron Rodgers versus Minnesota or Geno Smith versus the Jets? And just about every week this season, Geno Smith has been the answer to this question. But again, Minnesota, they are just Swiss cheese up against the air. You know, they're allowing a ton of passing yards. Receivers have big days on them. Aaron Rodgers and the Packers have their backs up against the wall. They're going to be playing in Green Bay. Geno Smith does have the Jets at home, which is which is nice. But the Jets, again, a much slower pace of play. They've been not necessarily feasting on quarterbacks, but they're a bottom 10 matchup for, you know, fantasy QBs, right? Like they're allowing the 10th fewest fantasy points per game to the quarterback position. So it's not necessarily, you know, a terrible spot for Gino, but it's certainly not as good as Aaron Rodgers versus Minnesota. He's getting them at home. Again, Packers, you know, fighting for their lives here. I'm expecting Rodgers to throw for over 300 passing yards, two, two passing touchdowns at least, which has kind of been an MO for him this season, maybe not the 300 passing mark, but in the majority of games this season, he's thrown for two passing touchdowns. If there's a game that I suspect he can go to three, this would definitely be one of them. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is the answer for me this week over Geno Smith. Love Geno, top 10 quarterback this season in fantasy. I just do not love this matchup up against the Jets, who again will slow the pace of play down. Uh, Their defense, you know, not terrible, but not great up against qu- opposing quarterbacks. Uh, I think the Packers and Vikings also have about a five-point margin in favor of the total in this game, 47.5 to 42.5. Don't, don't quote me on that. But I expect that game for the Packers and the Vikings to go to the over. Uh, throw out any cold weather issues. It's where Aaron Rodgers thrives. Again, their back's up against the wall. I'm expecting big things from the Packers this week segue to Aaron Jones versus Minnesota or Alvin Kamara at the Philadelphia Eagles. And you're probably asking yourself, like, well, why are not we have both of these guys starting? It's Aaron Jones and Alvin Kamara. Well, Alvin Kamara has been very good this year. He's only got four total touchdowns this season, and three of them came in one game. I believe that was against the Raiders. I'm not sure what week, but Alvin Kamara been a huge disappointment this season. He had a reprise in his uh, production last week, Didn't look too bad. Had, I think, 15 fantasy points, 76 rushing yards, a rushing touchdown, number four on the year, and just two catches. It's not enough for me. It's it's not enough. And I know that people are worried about Aaron Jones this week because A.J. Dillon's been looking really good. Aaron Jones has been beat up. But the reality is there's only been one time this season where Aaron Jones has had less than 10 fantasy points in back-to-back games. And I believe that was in weeks six and seven He's been beaten, bothered. Let's let's not ignore those facts. Right. Like he was limited all week in practice. There's definitely a question mark looming around him. But I I trust him a lot more than I trust Alvin Kamara. And he's higher in a lot of people rank. A lot of people's rankings this week based on his production from last week. He, he, he looked he did look good. I'm not trying to hide from that. But Aaron Jones, yeah, he's been dealing with some injuries, but he's also getting a plus matchup up against Minnesota, where I expect him to be involved in the passing game. Aaron Jones, uh, let's see, he, had, he didn't have a touchdown last week, but he had a touchdown the week before that. In week 13, up against the Bears, he didn't hit double-digit fantasy points, just nine carries, 26 rushing yards, but you know did have five catches. He didn't leave us hanging, you know, out, out to dry necessarily. But the three weeks before that, he was all in double digits for fantasy. So. While you may not feel like he is a high trust player, I am expecting him to bounce back in week 17 and, you know, kind of bring home that championship level production. I'm expecting him to find pay dirt, and I do believe he's going to have at least five plus catches. Uh, In the first game of the season, he had three catches for uh, 27 yards and five carries for 49 yards, only eight fantasy points. I'm expecting him to go over the top of that. So as far as like someone that I would expect to go over their projection between the two, Alvin Kamara and Aaron Jones, the answer is Aaron Jones. I'm going with him on that one. I know it's kind of tough saying, oh yeah, I'm going to sit Alvin Kamara in my championship week, but that's a tough decision that I think is going to you know be beneficial to fantasy owners. Tough pill to swallow, but got to be done this week. Uh, next up, we've got Najee Harris at Baltimore or Devin Singletary at Cincinnati. This one's a little closer Don't be too scared of Baltimore for Najee Harris. Najee Harris did have a touchdown against them in his last matchup. Najee Harris also has touchdowns in four of his last six games, and he's coming off a game where he didn't score a touchdown. So I actually, you know, low key trust him a little bit more so than Devin Singletary this week. I like the matchup for Singletary. You're playing the Bengals, you're playing on Monday night. Maybe that's what scares me is, you know, kind of like you get down to Monday night, the championship's on the line. I want Devin Singletary being the guy at the helm, you know, like in one league I've got Josh Allen and, and Joe Mixon closing it down for me. I feel, like, I feel pretty good about that. Like, obviously not a great matchup for Joe Mixon. Always good to start Josh Allen. Like, not really worried about who's playing. <laughs> but, uh, no, I, I feel good about that. If Devin Singletary was in that mix, eh, I may not feel as good, you know, unless maybe I've got Josh Allen, right? Because then you get that nice little that little upside in the stack there. But I'm going with Najee Harris here. Uh, he scored a touchdown, like I said, against Baltimore in their, in their last go-around. He's been a reliable piece for them, and he's actually coming off a pretty big pass-catching week uh, where he had, what was it, nine targets? He had nine targets for six catches and 42 receiving yards. I'm absolutely loving that. I'm hoping we can kind of roll that into next week. He's got, or this week, I'm, I'm excuse me, uh, he's got three weeks of double-digit fantasy points in a row, so you have to love that. A lot of upside there. And I mean, he's really been the identity of their offense recently. They're leaning into the ground game more so. I know Jalen Warren is there, kind of you know nagging you know his some of his production with some extra touches going his way. But I I think I'm going to go with Najee here. I I know he's been a disappointment this season. He was someone that was being drafted as like literally like a top five asset in fantasy. He has not lived up to that production. But in week 17, between him and Devin Singletary, I'm going to go Najee here. I I think I can make day with him. I think I can find uh, the end zone again and. I think there could be another opportunity for him to, you know, catch a lot of passes or at least have a high target share up against a rough and tough, you know, uh, Baltimore, um, you know, defensive line. I think I think he's gonna have a good day. So give me Najee there over Devin Singletary. Uh, I'm gonna pay a few bills here really quick, and then we're gonna jump back into the um, into the starter sits. Be right back after this. Uh, WinBet is the official online sports book of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. WinBet is active in a bunch of states, and there are tons of ways to win money, including live betting and same-game parlays. There's reduced juice on sides and totals for all bowl games all day long. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet, so if you're ready to play, sign up today and receive a special offer. Bet 100, win 100. It's limited to state availability. There's so much to choose from, and all you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com WinBet so they know that we sent you. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. Offer subject to change, terms, and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where Playthrough Winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, please call 1-800-522-4700. And don't forget to enter the SGPN Mini Helmet Contest. From now until the end of the year, just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com Slash helmet to enter that sports gambling podcast.com slash H E L M E T helmet. We're also brought to you by our college football playoff props contest. We're giving away a two hundred dollar gift card to the winner, and this is offered exclusively on the SGPN app. We got Dave in the chat saying, Kamar missed a few days of practice this week, personal reasons, returned to practice yesterday, situation to watch, but it sounds like he will play like the Jones call. Both are sketchy this season. Oh, yeah. I mean, Neither have been the bill of confidence for, for this year whatsoever. I would lean Jones, you know, as far as like a season long asset, more so going into next year already. So uh, Kamara, just super disappointing. The Saints in general, just really disappointing this season. Uh, no Jameis Winston again, going back and forth between Taysom and Andy Dalton. It's just it's just a mess. It's just just a big old mess. All right, we're moving over to wide receivers now. Uh, this is a really tough one. I'm actually starting both of these guys in my championship roster. You've got Mike Williams versus the Rams or Terry McLaurin versus Cleveland. And it's really tough here, but I, I feel like I have to go towards Mike Williams based on the return of Carson Wentz. I don't know what it is with Carson Wentz and Terry McLaurin, but they just didn't seem to have a high chemistry level to start the year, and it's difficult to predict that that would have somehow grown with him on the sidelines and Terry playing so well with Heineke. Mike Williams has been great since returning him and Herbert have looked solid. I have to believe that, you know, Keenan could get held in check a little bit by this opposing Rams defense. I'm not expecting that the Rams somehow put up a crazy amount of points last week. It's not really a narrative that I'm buying into, but I do believe that they'll, you know, they're going to score most than, well, not most, but more than a plenty of uh, teams this week, right? Like, I would trust them to score more points than say uh, the Dolphins or the Patriots or the Raiders, right? These teams that are you know throwing out some you know last minute backup QBs and stuff like that, and Teddy Bridgewater and Jared Stidham. Uh, you know, I would expect them to score more points in those teams. So I'm hoping that there's some good game flow with the Chargers and the Rams. I'm not expecting as positive of a game flow with Washington and Cleveland, especially with Carson Wentz at quarterback. You just don't know which Carson Wentz you're going to get. Um, I'm starting Terry McLaurin, so it's not a, a a complete downvote or lack of confidence in him. It's just that if I have a, an option like Mike Williams that is similar in ECR, ADP, et cetera, for this week, I'm going to be leaning with Mike Williams. So more trust in the quarterback, more trust in the offense, and that's really all it is. I think a lot of the offense this week could revolve around Brian Robinson. Um, Cleveland has not been great up, up the middle this year, not been great up against the run. Antonio Gibson is out which could help Terry McLaurin catch, you know, a couple extra passes, but I think it's going to be a big Brian Robinson week. They're going to put the uh, the ball on the ground and uh, hopefully try to protect Carson Wentz from turning the ball over too much in, in a big week for them because they they need to they need to win this week uh, to keep their playoff aspirations alive. So, I'm going to be fading Terry McLaurin in some tighter matchups, but you're obviously, obviously still starting him over a lot of players in fantasy. All right, next up we've got a really tough one here. Juju Smith-Schuster versus Denver or Mike Evans versus Carolina. Man, I am a huge Mike Evans fan, but I have got to get off the Mike Evans train. Like, There's probably a lot of options worse than Mike Evans that you should be starting over him. In that same game, I would start DJ Moore over Mike Evans. Um, I'm definitely starting Juju Smith-Schuster over Mike Evans. Smith-Schuster played well up against Denver. I know when you look at the numbers, Denver a strong play against wide receivers in fantasy. But the Chiefs, they were they were able to have success their first go-around with Denver. I'm hopefully expecting the same thing. I'm a Patrick Mahomes starter this week or owner, whatever. So I need big games from these guys, Juju, Kelsey, Mahomes. And they've already shown us that they can do it. So I feel like we should trust them again. I'm not trusting Mike Evans. There's been decent volume, but the e- efficiency on that volume has not been reliable. Tampa, another big disappointment this season. I cannot with confidence say that you should be starting Mike Evans in your lineups this week. I get it. Name value, draft value, but man, we're closer to next year's draft than we are to this previous year's drafts. All right. So try to throw all that stuff out of your head. Get them at the, get them at the end of the bench. Another tough one, just for conversation, Mike Evans or uh, Devonte Adams. Obviously you're still, you're still probably leading Devonte Adams there, but th- these are tough situations, right? Like you can't get off of those guys, but in many, many leagues, and you may not think this in your league. There's there's players that do have those options. There's teams that do have deep rosters. So I know it may sound crazy. Like what's this? What's this guy talking about? Keeping Mike Evans on his bench? Somewhere someone has a better option, and that's who I'm speaking to here. Uh, I get it. A lot of us we're just stuck with these guys in our lineups. But you know, if you can get off them, most likely going to be very difficult. All right, we're moving over to the tight ends here. Moving over to tight ends. We've got uh Taysom hill at the eagles or we've got pat fryermuth at baltimore this is a a very just risk play you know if you are in a dire situation if you're somehow behind a lot of points going into these two teams matchups then i would throw out Taysom hill and if you need more of a safer floor i would go with pat fryermuth at baltimore pat fryermuth has been pretty reliable these past couple of weeks I'm feeling like he may decline, like he may not bring home double-digit fantasy points. Taysom Hill is a good play. Andy Dalton and the Saints offense has been absolutely disappointing. Uh, Raheem Shaheed led the team last week in targets and receiver production. The ball could go absolutely anywhere here. I like Taysom Hill up against the Eagles this week. I'd like him to score a touchdown, whether he's passing, running, receiving one, whatever it is. I do think he finds pay dirt this week, and I think he should be what you consider to be a reliable option in your fantasy lineup. So fire up some Taysom Hill here. I don't hate the Pat Fryer move start, but if I'm attacking the highest ceiling, I am going with Taysom Hill on this one. Uh, next up we've got, this is really tough, Evan Ingram at Houston or Dallas Goddard at the Saints. Dallas Goddard, he's got all the name brand this season, but he doesn't have Jalen Hurts. Gardner Minshew and Goddard looked good last season. They They didn't look bad. Uh, playing together in Minshew's first start up against the Jets. Goddard caught two touchdowns. It was a great game for him. But I don't know if this is what we're supposed to expect again. Evan Ingram has been so, 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 so good recently. It's so tough to put him down right now with how well he's been playing. Seven, eight, 11, and five catches in his last four games, and he has three total touchdowns in that stretch. Very difficult to get off of him right now with the type of volume that he's getting. And I feel like he's the answer here. Dallas Goddard, the better player, has better hands. But the situation this week, just it's not as good. Evan Ingram's just been too reliable. He's been someone that I've been plugging away in my uh, Battle Royale lineups, getting him in a a very friendly ADP. So, uh, man, really, really tough here. But I am going to lean with Evan Ingram. That um, Jacksonville offense has been high flying. They've been scoring lots of points. I'm hoping that they keep that going this week as they continue to try and uh, take a, uh, take the lead in this division and be the division winner, you know, heading into the playoffs. So give me Evan Ingram here. It sounds absolutely disgusting coming out of my mouth, but I got to do it. I got to do it. It's just the the consistency over the last month has been too good for him to, to turn down. Dallas Goddard, great situation this week, but uh, got to go with Evan Ingram here. They're both top 10 tight ends this week, but going with uh, Evan Ingram and the Jacksonville Jaguars. All right, we're going to head into some over-unders featured on underdog. So some underdog over-unders in fantasy point production. Going through a couple players at each position. Let's start off with quarterbacks. First up, Teddy Bridgewater at New England. 14.85 fantasy points. I am going to be taking the under here. I am actually going to be taking the Patriots to win this game. I don't trust the Dolphins without Tua. And even with Tua, these last handful of weeks, the Dolphins have been bad. I'm expecting Jalen Waddell and Tyreek Hill can have modest fantasy days for you, but I'm expecting Teddy Bridgewater to hurt Miami more than he's going to help them. Has not been, uh, didn't have any good showings this season. Obviously, they brought him in for a good reason, you know, to back up Tua, assuming his skill set would translate well to the play calling um, and just the weapons that they have. But I'm going under 14.85. I'm going to say one passing touchdown, one interception, less than 200 passing yards. I think it's going to be more of a you know more of a trickery type of day, right? More n-arounds, more reverses. They're going to try to run the ball a lot. Going to be tough up against the New England rushing defense. But yeah, not looking for a big day out of Teddy Bridgewater. Next up is Sam Darnold, and oddly enough, I have him going over his total. He is sitting at 12 and a half fantasy points. fantasy points and he's playing tampa on the road they're still trying to play for their uh, potential division hopes um i'm gonna i'm gonna take donald here to go over he's at 12.55 dj moore had a really good day against tampa in their first go around in what was it week seven he had seven catches on 10 targets for a receiving touchdown and those two have been clicking in these last two games D.J. Moore has over uh, double-digit fantasy points, actually over 15 fantasy points in his last two games. And Darnold has been just randomly kind of efficient. You know, He's only had uh, one passing touchdown in each of his last three games, but he doesn't have an interception across that spread. And in his last game, he had a rushing touchdown. So his production hasn't been great, but he's been kind of teetering on the 12 to 14 fantasy points these past three weeks. Give me the over. I know it sounds crazy, but give me the over here. I'm expecting Carolina to do some surprising things this week, potentially even win this game. So give me Sam Darnold over the 12 and a half fantasy points. This next one, very friendly number. Absolutely love it. Brian Robinson at 12 and a quarter, 12.25 fantasy points this week up against Cleveland at home. Antonio Gibson hurt. Give me Brian Robinson all day here, over 12 and a quarter fantasy points. Could be a very big um, you know fantasy guy this week. Uh, for championship owners, I feel like Brian Robinson could be bringing home that extra payout. You know, that championship belt, whatever it is, because he's got a great matchup, no competition for touches. You know, even Wentz, when he was in the lineup, he was kind of favoring Robinson for like targets and things like that. So I'm expecting a lot of good things from Brian Robinson this week. He is an absolute smash. We've got uh, Kobe Bean. Love the name up in the chat. We say pick four, pick four. That's that's a good problem to have. Uh, Eckler. Saquon, Ramondre, Akers, Ken Walker, McKinnon, Algier, Brian Robinson. My gosh. <clears throat> I got to get Brian Robinson in the mix. I was just talking him up. Someone I definitely love to have a big week. So give me Brian Robinson. Give me Saquon. Give me Eckler. You can't you can't turn those guys away in championship week. So then we've got Ramondre, Akers, Ken Walker, McKinnon, and Algier. Man, for our last spot, that's so tough. That's so tough. I'm going to say hold off on Ramondre. He's been a little bit slower. Not as of explosive the last couple of weeks. I'm going to say fade Acres as well, just because I'm going to say, you know, it's flash in the pan last week, putting up 50. That was, that was absolutely crazy. Does have a very good matchup though. Akers very, very good matchup up against the Chargers. So we'll, we'll keep him as like a 1A option here. Ken Walker. I don't love it's the Jets. Their defense has been pretty good this year. And then you have McKinnon and Algier. I think it's between McKinnon and Akers for me. Let me pull up McKinnon's game log from Denver. I'm pretty sure that was the game that he just like absolutely smashed. And not sure if we expect that to happen. Yeah, my goodness. Nine catches, 112, 112 receiving yards, two touchdowns. That also feels kind of like an anomaly play there. So Eckler, Saquon, Brian Robinson. I'll go Akers just based on the matchup. The Chargers have been very, very bad up against the run. I don't think he's going to have the level of production he did last week. It's just that, again, I think that we were kind of overreacting to some of the McKinnon production these past several weeks. I know I was someone that fired him up with immense volume in Battle Royales last week on Underdog. Didn't work out. Not saying that he can't do something similar, but I'm not expecting him to score multiple touchdowns. Can he get over five catches? Absolutely. And playing in that offense, that that's that's a given, especially up against a defense like Denver, you know, that plays the running game really tight. Algiers is, is nice, but I just think that these other guys are better. They're just like from a talent perspective, is better. Arizona, they're not good up against the the running back position as well. We saw what Leonard Fournette was able to do last week. He was able to make a nice bounce back. You've got great problems here, Kobe Bean. You, you, you picked like an absolute uh like an absolute cobra. But give me give me Eckler, give me Saquon, give me Akers, and Brian Robinson. That's a tough one, but I think that the volume is gonna be the highest with those players, period. Ramondre is another good volume play. I just don't like the the potential game flow between Miami and New England. I wanna, wanna be off that game as much as possible, other than you know, Tyreek, Waddle, maybe a, a Miami running back. Not really trusting too many of my uh, Patriot players, other than Jacoby Myers and Ramondre. So, uh, this next guy up here is another number that I just feel is very, very friendly. Travis Etienne going up against Houston. The number is going to sound high. It's fifteen and a quarter, but it's Houston. Like I have got to imagine, Travis Etienne is going to be the high leverage point for the Jacksonville offense this week. Houston been god awful up against the run. And it's, it's been so bad so much that other positional plays just haven't been able to thrive, like receivers and quarterbacks in fantasy up against Houston. They've just been so, so bad up against the, uh, the ground game. Houston is like a top-five option up against receivers and quarterbacks. It's absolutely crazy. Give me the over for Travis Etienne, over 15 and a quarter. That's an absolute smash for me this week. Uh, a smash under, conversely. Michael Pittman at the Giants, he is at 9.95 fantasy points, did not look good last week with Nick Foles at the helm, not trusting the Colts if I can be off of them as much as possible. Uh, if you want to get really fruity in some really deep leagues, 14, 16 team leagues, maybe fire up Alec Pierce, him and, him and Nick Foles seem to be on the same page together. Michael Pittman and Nick Foles, not so much. That's a smash under 9.95 fantasy points for me. Get Michael Pittman out of here, out of the lineups. No thanks. No stinking good with Nick Foles. Uh next up, another very friendly number. Darius Slayton in, the, in this very same game is at 7.95 fantasy points. Now, if you look at the at the numbers, Colts, you know, they're a bottom 10 team, you know, up against wide receivers for fantasy points allowed per game. But this is a pretty low number from what I've been seeing from Darius Slayton these past handful, not even handful, like the last five to seven weeks. He's been pretty reliable for the Giants. Him and Richie James alike, they've been kind of trading production. And Darius Slayton is a high A dot player. He could have three to four catches with you know 60 to 70 yards and probably hit this total. So I'm going to take the over 7.95 for him. It's kind of a similar situation to Pittman except for Jan Jones has been looking Darius Slayton's way and he has his top quarterback throwing him the ball. So I think that's a very friendly number. I think underdog is kind of, you know, just kind of forgetting about Darius Slayton here. That's that's pretty low at 7.95. All right. We've got two more left here. Uh, This next one, we've got uh, a couple of tight ends. We got George Kittle. And again, another very friendly number, in my opinion, 10.95 fantasy points up against the Raiders. I gave you guys all the notes on Brock Purdy earlier in the show excuse me, to kick it off. 10.95 is pretty low for what we've seen from George Kittle as he's now become you know one of the high target leaders for this offense with Debo being side- sidelined. He's scoring touchdowns. He's getting a lot of catches. 10.95 is nothing in this matchup. He could have this at halftime. He could have this in, going into the second quarter, to be perfectly honest with you, if he finds an early touchdown, which is what he's been doing. Let me pull up his log here really quick. Georgie, Georgie. He's got, uh, whoo damn, these last two games, he has four total touchdowns. Excuse me. Wow. Absolutely insane. And he's got 10 total catches in his last two games, 14 catches in his last three. For some reason, I thought he only had one touchdown last week. That's absolutely insane. So he's got 29 and 24 fantasy points in his last two weeks, and we're getting 10.95 underdog. Come on now an underdog it's profit dog let's go I love it great numbers do attack give me the George Kittle 10.95 and then next up we've got TJ Hawkinson also getting a very friendly number in my opinion lower than George Kittle at 9.95 going into Green Bay going into Green Bay yeah he's playing on the road but he's been playing in Green Bay for a while it's <laughs> he's been in Detroit going up there no big deal last week again coming off a huge performance 13 catches. Two touchdowns, 109 receiving yards. How are we not taking this over? 9.95, a tight end that had double-digit catches last week, had double or whatever, not double-digit, two touchdowns, two receiving touchdowns last week, and we're giving him 9.95 fantasy points for an over-under underdog? Someone is asleep at the wheel. They need to legalize that shit in my state again. I mean, it's great to have the, the books open in Maryland, but man, underdog is where the profit was at. I need them to get going uh, and back in Maryland again. The, uh, the state motto here in Maryland is, we're open for business, underdog. Look into it. I'm just saying, come on now. It's like the most money I've ever made at any one given time so when I've learned about underdog. Oh God, so sad when they took it away. But those are some absolute easy ones for me, uh, especially these last three that we went through. So Kittle. over Hawkinson 9.95 over Slayton 7.95 over that's a 3 legger right there and for each of those guys to hit double digit fantasy points this week I just don't feel like it's very difficult given their matchups given their scenarios now some of these were a little bit more difficult potentially based on their numbers ETN is at 15.25 he's my running back three this week I think he's an absolute smash Brian Robinson it may sound like a tougher number 12.25 but again He is driving the bus by himself. It's going to be the Brian Robinson show this week. And the quarterbacks, honestly, those are the ones that I have the least amount of confidence in. But again, I think they're very good numbers. Darnold Darnold over the 12 and a half, great situation. He's been doing it somehow randomly these past three weeks. And Teddy Bridge, sorry, bud. Teddy Two Gloves, can't trust you, can't do it. Not in week 17, my pal. All right, been a good episode. Only answered a few questions from the chat, no big deal. Appreciate you guys riding along with us. Uh, We will be back tomorrow talking some more starter sits. Come join us over at SGPN Fantasy Football. We've got all the good stuff for you. We've got IDP. We've got Dynasty. We've got DFS. We've got our own injury doctor giving you the correct advice every week. Start, sit, monitor this player. Make sure this guy's on your bench, whatever it is. We've got all the good stuff for you. Come and ride with us at SGPN on Fantasy. You can find me at SGPNJB on Twitter. Take care, be well, be good, and if you can't be good, be good at it. We'll